Hi, I'm Dr. Ksenia. And I'm Dr. Russ. And we are your hosts of Empowered Family Podcast. We are here to empower families with resources. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered Family Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ksenia Gershberg, and I'm super excited to be here today with Kimberly Fleming. Um, Kimberly Fleming is a full-spectrum doula, breastfeeding counselor, and the founder of Redwood Doulas, a doula agency providing support for families all over the San Francisco Bay Area from birth through postpartum. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, um, as a doula, I, I work with families all the way through from those that are trying to conceive all the way through into postpartum up into a year of baby's life. And I love the fact of being there and being present in all those little milestones that they come across. I definitely have a passion for working with first-time parents and helping them navigate that space. Um, and that space can have a lot of joys and sometimes it can have some very scary or sometimes some sad moments in it. Um, and that's where having a full spectrum doula comes in, um, being prepared to support any and all outcomes with that. Um, but also as a breastfeeding counselor, I, I love being in that space and helping families achieve their goals of successfully breastfeeding and just combating a lot of the misinformation that we have in society about it, such as like that it's easy, <laughs> um, those kind of things. Yeah, it's not yeah. easy. <laughs> that easy, completely natural, but not easy. Um, so yeah, so I do both of those. I also do placenta encapsulation and I do newborn care classes and, and as well as running the agency. And then and I'm on a full team, right? So who yeah. on your team? Yeah, so we have, I think we're up at 12 right now. Amazing. Um, for our team. So yes, yeah, so we're actually officially capped out on our team because the goal was never to have it be big. It was to have it be a team that was large enough to support each other fully, meaning that if a doula was sick, that someone else could step in and be a backup. Um, and likewise with births. So we do births as teams. We don't do solo doula birth support. So every client gets two doulas in their space with all their prenatals. So providing them support throughout their whole pregnancy. And then one of those doulas is present with them during their birth. If it's a really long labor, there's the option that those doulas could switch out. So they get, the family gets a well-refreshed doula back into that space with them. I know for myself, I, you know, I have been in a birth for like 36 or 48 hours straight. And even though I'm like, want to be there because if they can keep going I can keep going there is this reality that having somebody who's had sleep or a real good meal in the last 12 or 24 hours that can shift that energy in that space so we do a lot of work as a team I love to hear that because I remember when I first got doula trained and I did my first birth those 36 hours were very hard on the body, on the mind. So I'm so happy that you have doula switching in and out um, to best support moms. And you also have postpartum doulas as well, right? Yes. Most of the doulas on our team um, that do birth also do postpartum. We don't have any doulas that just do birth. Again, one of the big things for me with Redwood doulas was continuity of care. So if we have a family that is going to have postpartum support and birth support, oftentimes they have the same doula the whole way through. That's amazing. That's that, so nice. 
Yeah, building that relationship, you know, is really important. And not to say that two different doulas can't do it because they do all the time and it's still great support. But there is something about being able to keep stepping back into that space together to have somebody who already knows, especially somebody who's kind of been in those trenches with you during the birth to you don't have to tell your story anymore about it, or you can talk about it in ways that maybe you feel like you can't talk about it with somebody else. I love that. I love that there's that continuity, like continuation of care for them. Mm-hmm. What would yeah. you say for like first time parents? Like how, how does your agency bridge that gap? And how, what would you say, like, what's the best support for mamas? Why should they have hire a doula? Um, I think for first time parents, One, I definitely think that taking a newborn care class is important, especially because I see more and more families and completely understandable in our modern culture. They've never even held an infant, let alone maybe changed a diaper or maybe only one person in the relationship has. And it was like their cousin's baby or their brother's baby kind of thing. Um, What I find is like that newborn care class sets a foundation for the, you know, for the parents to understand a lot more about what they're kind of getting into. We go over parenting philosophies, we go over communication in the relationship as well, so that parents understand what they really think about things so that they can have a firmer foundation to move forward from that. There's so much judgment that parents get about the decisions they make, or some parents don't even know that, you know, that there's attachment parenting and scheduled parenting, but there's also a mesh of the two. And if none of those things fit well for them, it's okay to throw all of it out the window and pick exactly what works best for their family. So besides just kind of trying to start off with a good foundation for families and knowing that their first step as a parent is making the decisions that are best for their family and their baby, we go over all the usuals like diaper changing, swaddling. We go over infant feeding. So that's questions about pumping, about formula, about lactation um, as well in that. We also go over things like newborn cues. So what does it mean if your baby is smacking their lips? What do they look like, you know, when they are um, awake sleeping as opposed to deep sleeping? What are signs that your baby might be overstimulated? those kind of things. So the parents just have a really nice visual understanding of things that they can take into that very sleepy space that they're in, in postpartum. And when do you suggest for them to take this class? What part of pregnancy? I suggest like, you know, second trimester is completely fine. If some parents want to go ahead and do that, if at the very latest, I would say two months before, One of the things I recommend is depending on when somebody may be throwing you a baby shower is do it before that if you can. That way you can step away knowing better what is your parenting style and what you might want as a family. Because again, we go over swaddling, using a pacifier or not, the reasons why certain ones may be better than others, different bottles, depending on what kind of um, feeding choices the parents are making. And those can completely shift the things that families may actually need in that space. So I, you know, there's no too early of a space to take the class, but if you can take it before a baby shower so you can tailor what you're asking or what you tell people you might need, I think that becomes really helpful for parents. 
That's such a good strategy because then they can alter their registry or a list depending on what their needs are. I love that. And I think it's so important because I feel like in our society, parents don't know about like newborn classes. Like I see a lot of um, prenatal patients and none of them take this class because, and then postpartum hits and they're like, I didn't know this, or I didn't know that, or I wish I knew this. So I think the better prep is so important. Are there any like tips, um, like any top three tips that you would recommend for first time mamas? Um, I think I was just trying to decide if I want to say this one. (laughs) I think, (laughs) yeah. I think one of them, and this might be controversial, is don't be afraid to learn about how to safely co-sleep so that you don't put yourself in situations that are actually dangerous. Um, we have a lot of first-time parents that'll be like, never going to co-sleep, 100% safe sleep. And that's great. And we talk about those things in the newborn care class. But I always ask, like, do you want to know information about safe co-sleeping? Um, and almost always they'll say no. And I'll usually get a text or a call about a week after baby's born saying, can you please share information on that? Because I'll give the caveat. If you find yourself in this situation, you're falling asleep with baby on your chest in a recliner on the couch, because you're trying not to sleep in a bed with your baby, but you can't get them to sleep in a bassinet or off of you. Please reach out like for some information. And I've really seen, especially this year, more and more parents going towards really mindful, safe co-sleeping because they found themselves in some very not safe situations with their infant because they're so tired. So I think that's one of my biggest things for parents is don't be so adamant to not do something that you potentially put yourself in a really difficult or dangerous situation with your infant. Be a little bit open to figuring out what feels best for your family and then figuring out how to do that safely. Right. Because how many times do we hear about moms falling asleep, right? Holding their babies in one of those reclining chairs. And mm-hmm. yes, I definitely agree yeah. with that, that, but mm-hmm. it's better to make informed decisions and know and be prepared for different outcomes, right? You don't really know until you hit postpartum, like what the best way for your family is, but at least having those resources are, is going to be really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my other thing would be that no matter your budget, If you can, you know, if you're a new parent, if you don't have other people in your space that are newborn experts or you feel are newborn experts, um, I I, even putting on your baby registry, you know, having people contribute to it, getting like two day shifts with a, with a doula, a postpartum doula is worth its weight in gold. You can take a newborn care class, but also having that hands-on support when you are tired to adjust things in real time in your home is priceless. You know, you can go to a lactation consultant's office and you can get a great latch, you know, for breastfeeding and feel like you've got it all handled. And then you come home and you're no longer sitting in that rocking chair in that lactation office with those pillows. You're now in your home sitting on your couch with the supplies you have, and it doesn't click anymore. So having that person in your home that's able to figure out how to use what you have with the level of sleeplessness that you are at and really help you adjust things appropriately for your family 
It's just, it's amazing. Um, I always, I have, a, we have a lot of new time, first time parents who will call and be like, I want overnights, five nights a week. And I think I might be the worst salesperson because I'm like, tell me why you want that. And I will usually talk parents out of it and say, how about three day support shifts a week? It ends up being less hours. It's less cost per hour. It's less shifts per week. So it doesn't, doesn't benefit the agency more, but my my passion is making sure parents' needs are met where they're at. And first-time parents benefit so much more with daytime support um, when they their brain feels like it's supposed to be a little bit more awake and they can, you know, go ahead and, and be present with somebody and somebody can be like, oh, this is why the baby keeps having, quote, blowouts, which aren't really blowouts through early few early days, but it's just because you're putting the diaper on too loosely. And that's understandable because you have this precious, amazing gift and you don't want to hurt it. You don't want to hurt your baby. So your diaper is just a little bit too loose. So this won't hurt the baby. Let's go ahead and adjust these things. Or your baby gets out of the swaddle and is, you know, because again, it's not tight enough, just usual newborn things. It's the things that we don't really think about. And that's actually very interesting what you said about like the day shifts, because I have a lot of moms thinking about hiring for night shift because then they can sleep. Um, but it's really interesting that you said day shift is even more important. Um, and I love that our listeners can really um, learn why it's more important. And um, I wish I knew I had a, a like about postpartum doulas when I had my two kiddos. I say I would never give birth ever without a doula. So I had birth doulas. Um, but I think that postpartum doulas are very, very beneficial and important and actually should be necessary. And like you said, put it on your registry. Yes. And there's definitely where I'm working on something for the new year so that people can add us to their registry in a way that, you know, your cousin can give $20 towards it and your grandparents can throw a hundred towards it. And no matter what, it kind of builds up a little bit that you can use towards whatever services you want. Um, the, the thing is, is a lot of people focus on they're worried about sleeplessness and postpartum. And there's a few realities. One is if you are breastfeeding, you're going to be waking up every few hours anyways. So having a postpartum doula at night may not actually be that beneficial um, to the person who is, who is breastfeeding. Um, having a day support person may actually be more beneficial to the family as a whole. However, if you are somebody who is exclusively pumping or potentially formula feeding, then an overnight doula could potentially be a good a good fit. There's also the thing we I always take into consideration when I'm talking with parents, if there's a history of depression or severe anxiety as well, we always want to take that into account too. Having a lot of sleep deprivation can exacerbate those things. So I always want to consider that when um, kind of guiding parents through what may work best for their family. And a lot of parents have to remember, like, what worked good for your best friend may not work best for you either. For sure. That is so important. Um, because as parents, that's what we do in practice, too. I always tell parents, like, you're going to choose your own parenting style, no matter how many books you read, no matter how much, like, how much you read on Google. Um, you're going to choose your own parenting style and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, do you suggest, do you do anything with like cry it out or like sleep training? Do you have any like um, tips about that? 
Yeah. So we don't usually teach anything regarding, especially newborn care class regarding sleep training. We talk about it from the way of sleep conditioning, which is creating a good environment. So that like dark environment at nighttime, maybe some white noise, and then that bright light environment during the day. Um, because babies don't even create their own melatonin until they're about three months old. So the idea of sleep training before that is, you know, it's just not going to necessarily work. But babies come out of the womb with very few, if any, habits yet. So we have this nice blank slate to help them figure out where do they do certain things, which space do they usually sleep in, and help them get familiar and comfortable with things. Um you know, we actually are just implementing sleep training as an option. It's not anything we're advertising. It's something we're only offering to our postpartum clients as an option for continuity of care. Um, and so for that, we do have a doula that took a really extensive sleep training um, course. I, I don't want our parents only option to be like a crying it out method. And so the training this doula has done is has multiple methods. And so basically she can talk with parents and kind of give them a spectrum and see where they fall on it, where they're comfortable because with our program, parents have several options. They can just kind of do it mostly virtual and implement it themselves, or they can do it and they can partner with a doula to implement it so that the doula is there some nights. So parents get a break. <laughs> And the parents are there the other nights implementing. Um, and we have a family right now that is doing it. And it's the baby's already starting to only wake up once a night. And we've only been doing it for a week so far. That's so they're actually, yeah, they're way ahead of, ahead of the schedule that we had for them, which is great. That's what we want um, for that. But yeah, we do offer that um, in those ways. The other thing is like my advice for parents, you know, before, sleep training before babies are old enough for that is to try and not create an environment for the baby that you can't replicate anywhere you go. So if you're always setting the baby, every nap during the daytime is in a dark room, white noise, everything in the house is quiet. You know, it depends on your lifestyle, but if you're somebody who wants to go to concerts, who wants to go out and do things, um, stuff like that travels a lot or sees a lot of family having your baby learn to sleep in like the hub of your house where you play music during the day where people are talking, that's just going to teach your baby to sleep through those things. The other thing is that we often forget that babies were not grown in a quiet environment. They have the heartbeat, the digestion, all of those things happening. So then they come out and all of a sudden we're trying to be like, now sleep in this very quiet space where we only whisper around you. <laughs> so you know, so it's like as adults, oftentimes we want quiet spaces and that's fine. But for babies, oftentimes they do better in a space that has more noise happening with it. And a lot of my clients I work with in person, they'll always try to do that quiet thing. And then when we switch to the not quiet, babies tend to start sleeping better for their naps. How amazing. And I love that you shared as your little hidden secret that you have a doula that does the sleep because it's so important. Like if you are sleep deprived, it's hard. It's hard to function. Communication in the family with your partner gets harder. So I love that you have those tools and resources to support families all throughout like pregnancy and postpartum. And even mm -hmm. when um, baby's a little bit older, that's amazing. 
Yeah. And I would say also like my other big recommendation to families is that if they can is to look at the bringing, I think it's called bringing baby home. Um, it's by the Gottman Institute and it is a course specifically for couples. It's private to work on communication in parenthood. And oftentimes, you know, again, like our, you get pregnant and then everything is about the pregnancy or like the yeah. nursery. So remembering to take some steps back and, and think about really foundational things, you know, it doesn't, it's great to decorate the nursery, but understanding and being prepared for trying to communicate with your partner in when you're sleep deprived and when things get frustrating or difficult, that is gold right there. Having support systems in place, that is super important. Having a foundation, at least in your brain of the things you need and the tasks and skills you're going to be performing with your newborn, those things are amazing. If your baby wears the same two onesies every day, no one, most people aren't going to notice, you know, some of those things like, which are really fun. Um, there's some other things that are really foundational that set parents up for success. And so good communication, like comfortable in newborn care and having a support system. Those are like my big three things. I love that. And I really am a true believer of like not filling up your registry, like with all these crazy gadgets. I always tell parents like all baby needs is you and the car seat to take the Yay. baby home. And that's it. Like, don't stress about that. But yes, the partner communication, all of that is so, so important. Thank you for bringing it here to light. So um, our listeners can hear that the importance of it and the step-by-step -step that they can take to get prepared for that postpartum period in their pregnancy. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.